If this is your first time, my name is Craig, and I'm the teaching pastor here, and we're glad uh, that you're with us today. Um, we're especially glad for those that join us online, and I know because of all that's going on in our community with the whole coronavirus thing, we have an unusually large group uh, joining us there, and we just thank you so much. Uh, for that. And just a quick instruction for our online people. Um, you, you can watch us on Facebook. Some of you are doing that, but also YouTube. Uh, on the web page, you can click on that and go to the YouTube. In fact, we would really like it if you all would go to the YouTube page, our churches, and hit subscribe. Because if we get over 100 subscribers, we can use an individual URL that'll make it a lot easier to find. And I'm making Pastor Ian, our online campus pastor, happy. He's clapping in the back. So, uh, But uh, that, that would be really great. And the YouTube one, if you have a TV that can do uh, the internet, you can pull that right up on your TV. When I was home with some of my cancer stuff, it was really cool to get it in high def and the whole big screen and, and the sound is really good. But we're, we're glad that you're with us uh, today. So um, this is Lent. We're in Lent. And so we have uh, been... Uh, in a sermon series that, that we've been calling Dying to Live, How God Turned Everything Upside Down. And we've done a lot of talking about kind of the upside down kingdom and how uh, God's way is different in many ways from the way the world around us does it, the spirit of this age, whatever you want to uh, call that sort of thing. And so I want to uh, kind of start with a question. And, and my question is this. Uh, question is, I need to push that. There we go. What do you think of when I say the words self-denial? Some of you are thinking, I got up early for this sermon. You know, that's, you know, last an hour of sleep, and now we're going to talk about self-denial. What do you think, anybody think about self-denial? Discipline. Pain. Sacrifice. You're not very excited about these two words, are you? <laughs> well, and that's because I don't know that anybody really that particularly likes Self-denial, discomfort, irritation, along with all the ones uh, that, we're, that we're talking about. But, but here's the truth about this. In the Bible, self-denial is called fasting, right? And it happens quite a bit. And, and in the Bible, they often talk about with food. Do I need to move my thing here? I'm kind of messed up. Let me see if we can kind of get this so it doesn't make so much noise. Here, maybe that's better. You got it there? Okay. Um, and so... We, we see it in, all, in a number of places, um, and, and honestly, for us, the whole idea of fasting food isn't quite like it was in the first century, because we live in a very food uh, environment uh, where, where there, there's always plenty of food wherever we go. Just, I mean, you go to gas, and there, get gas for your car, and there's food in a gas station, right? You know, I mean, it's just everywhere for us. But in the first century and in the times of the Old Testament, people were very food insecure, so to skip a meal or to skip multiple meals was a really big deal uh, in, in their day, and it was a big sacrifice. Uh, and often, in fact, this was often associated with prayer. When I was growing up in the church, I heard over and over again, prayer and, yeah, y'all got it, <laughs> prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. And so we kind of talked about that. That's how kind of they, they saw that. Uh, but, but there's kind of new language today that I think fits some ways better. Uh, the American experience, and that is this. In today's language, we call this delayed gratification. How many have heard the words delayed gratification? How many of you associate those with self-denial, <laughs> suffering, all, all of that, you know? Um, and, and so delayed gratification is the idea that you deny yourself something now that you want so that you can get something better later on right? Uh, and so uh, scientists today actually even study this idea of delay 
education. And mostly they study it in, in children. And I think the reason they mostly study it in children is because when adults delay gratification, we get cranky, you know. And so we, we don't like to do that quite as, as much. Do we have a, a new one for that? Uh, okay, let's try and fix that here for online lapel mic is on excellent so maybe they can hear me now uh, um, I'm gonna stick this in my back pocket so um, so one of, one of the cool things is that we learned that this is really actually an important sort of thing what they call fasting or delayed gratification uh, today and in the 1970s 60s and 70s especially they did a lot of experiments uh, on this kind of thing uh, a lot of psychologists how many of you have ever heard of the marshmallow test any of you ever heard of that? Yeah, some of you educators, you've probably heard of that. Uh, and so it's a really cool test with, about delayed gratification with kids. And I wanted to buy some, some people that were kind of doing repeating the original test, but that was too expensive. So I found something free, and I just want to kind of show you, show you how, how this works. <laughs> How many of you saw yourself in there somewhere? You know, I think we all did at some point. There, there's an interesting thing about this, and that is this. Self-denial, fasting, delayed gratification, whatever you want to call it, is good for you. Didn't get any amens in the 8 o'clock service either. You know? <laughs> You're all like, I don't care that it's good for me. It's no fun. And, and one of the things I, I, you know, you've heard me say this a thousand times. I, I really don't believe there's a... Um, a war between science and faith. I think science is always catching up with where God was already, amen? You know, and, and so th th this whole idea of fasting that maybe they didn't understand, I think in many ways today we understand there's some really good things when we deny ourselves, especially for those of us that live in a world where honestly we have everything we could ever want and almost everything we, we, everything we need and almost everything we could ever want in, in our lives. So listen to this. In the 40-year follow-up studies on the marshmallow study, it, the, the, uh, the kids that, um, it was predictable uh, that the ones who could delay gratification could be much more successful in life. It showed lower levels of substance abuse, lower likelihood of obesity, better responses to stress. Boy, we could we use that. Better social skills, as reported by their parents, and generally better scores in, in a range of other life measurements. 
It strengthens impulse control, improves the ability to save money, teaches the benefit of hard work, and makes one more appreciative. And so this is an important kind of thing in life is that we, that we learn this. And it's interesting that God would build that right into the, into the system for us. But we, we live in a, a culture today that that is upside down kingdom. We live in an instant gratification kind of world. Amen? And we live in a world, honestly, where often children are, are not taught to delay gratification. You know, it's like, if you don't get what you want right now, then speak louder. You know, challenge it. You know, kind of a thing. And And... That's not good for you, you know? Honestly, it's just not. There's great power in learning this idea of delayed gratification in some sort of way. And I think in our culture, in some ways, it's gone crazy. God has a wonderful sense of humor. Um, the other day, as I was kind of thinking about this sermon, I happened to, I was running late for a thing for breakfast, and so I needed to, I wasn't going to get lunch, and so I knew I wanted to do something. So I went to McDonald's for breakfast. Uh, and, and I, in Lake Stevens, and I, I went through, and I ordered what I was going to get, and I got up to the window, handed my credit card, and as I handed my credit card, the gal that took the money gave me one of the, those little timers, you know, where the sand goes through, you know, she handed this to me, you know, and kind of did my thing, and I'm like, what is this, you know, and so she gave the money, and I, and she said to me as we were going through, she said, that's a 30-second timer, and if they don't get you your sandwich in 30 seconds, you get a coupon for a free one. We live in a world where a 31-second breakfast is a problem. <laughs> I mean, really? I, well, you know, and then the other side, have you ever been trapped in a fast food line and you couldn't because somebody delayed the whole thing and we get frustrated with it? We, we live in a world where we pace in front of our microwave, right? You know, it, it's, just, it's just a different world for us. And so delayed gratification is good for us. And in fact, even more than that, self-denial, fasting, delayed gratification are life-giving disciplines in our spiritual journey as well. Because I, I believe the, the, the realm of, of our physical world and the realm of the spiritual are very, very connected. In fact, this happens lots and lots in the, in the Old Testament where uh, they, they would fast for, for some sort of benefit, for God's presence or guidance or, or soul cleansing or a deeper connection with God or, or increased sensitivity to God's voice. Uh, and, and there's all kinds of times when they're, they're fasting, they're, they're denying themselves something. In the New Testament, um, it kind of changes a little bit but it's really important as well because Jesus practiced self-denial. So if Jesus practiced self-denial, it's probably important for us as well. In fact, uh, here is a passage in Luke. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan, he has just been baptized, right? And was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And I think the last part of this sentence doesn't even need to be in there. And at the end of them, he was hungry. You know, absolutely he was hungry in the midst of all of that. And so you, you, you see that Jesus kind of sets the example of, of, of self-denial in, in this place to, to, in order to encounter the, the evil one and come against him, to allow the Spirit to speak through him. And so uh, Jesus practiced this. And then later on in the New Testament, uh, when Paul and Barnabas are called by the Spirit uh, to go and lead the church, it records that the church had been in a period of, of, of prayer and fasting, waiting on the Lord. And in that moment, God reveals to them by the Spirit what would become two of the greatest leaders the church has ever known. Paul, who writes the theology of the church, and Barnabas, who's the one who actually brings all these people in. Barnabas is my, my favorite Bible ca character because he's not big and flashy, but he just does the work of the kingdom everywhere he goes. 
And then it records later on when Paul and Barnabas are going around planting all of these churches and they got to find a pastor for them before they go on to the next church in the place. It, it says over and over again that after prayer and fasting, they chose the leaders. And so they, these guys were prayer and fasting. And so um, this is what I know about prayer and fasting. Um, Self-denial is not a way to get God to do what you want him to do. I just took all the fun out of prayer and fasting, didn't I? It's like, oh, man, you know. The, the problem with this, and we've talked about this before, is it turns it upside down in the wrong way. I, I don't know if you know this, but, but Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, amen? And we serve him. But we sometimes get this kind of theology, what I call vending machine theology, where we think if we just do the right things or we just put the right things, we just self-sacrifice enough or read the Bible enough or give enough to the poor or whatever you think it is, keep the rules enough, that then God will give us what we want. It's like a vending machine. You put your money in, you push the buttons, and you get the Snickers bar out at the bottom, right? You know? But that turns it upside down. That makes you God and God your servants. And God doesn't ever work like that. It's not at all what it's about. It's an upside-down kingdom. God, Jesus is Lord, and, and we are his servants. And so here's, here's some of the benefits. That, that's the caution I give you. But here's some of the benefits of self-denial. Self-denial breaks the grip of things that bind us. It, it has a way of, of, of loosening those things that get a hold of us in so many ways. And so I, I know a number of you are, have given stuff up for Lent. Lent's a really great time to practice self-denial. Um, it, it's, it's interesting to talk to you. Some of you have given up caffeine for Lent, you know. So you go through the first three days of the headaches and all, all of that. And, and, and it kind of breaks the grip of the caffeine on you, you know. It's like, okay, I, I feel better. So some of you have given up sugar. Now, you are warriors, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Sugar is everywhere, and that's a, that's a really, really hard one. But I applaud you for breaking the grip of sugar in your life. Amen? Or caffeine, or whatever. I've known people that have given up alcohol for Lent, right? Because they just break the grip of, of that sort of thing. Pick your vice. There is great power in simply breaking the grip of those things. They, they, they aren't necessarily evil, but they just get a hold of us. And so they do, and then another way of doing it, not just only breaking the grip, but, but some of the things that we give up uh, are things that rob us of our time and our emotional energy. And so we give those up so that we can re regain that. Uh, I know a number of people in our congregation have given up social media for Lent, right? It's amazing how much time you can spend on social media if you're not careful. And it kind of puts time and energy back into your schedule, you know. You, you get your face out of the phone, and all of a sudden you look up, there's your family. Hey, you know, maybe we should talk to them, you know. Uh, I, I gave up news uh, for, for Lent, and I, I tell you, I'm feeling much better giving up news uh, for Lent. I, I will confess to you, because of the coronavirus, I have watched a little bit because of my responsibilities as a pastor, but only, only that part of it. Um, and, and so one of the things that's been really great for me is I, I've discovered, again, some of the patterns in my family. So typically, uh, when, when Jody would come home, uh, you know, I would often be upstairs working or doing something, and, and when she'd come home, I'd, whatever I'm doing, I'd come, come down, kind of my discipline with my wife. When she's here, I give her attention. What I hadn't quite picked up on is that over the years, I'd developed a habit of saying, hi, how you doing? You give her a kiss and hug, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And then I would go sit down and turn the news on. We'd, we saved it, and you could turn it on. And she's in the kitchen, and I'm in there. And I, was, I didn't realize how much time that took until I gave up news, and I came down, and I kissed her. Hugged, how you doing, you know? And then I went. <laughs> so what else is going on in your life, dear? You know? 
And, and so there was this, this thing where the, the, it breaks the grip of, of some of the things that, that aren't bad. I don't think watching the news is bad, although it can give you indigestion. But it, it, it's a, other better things. And so um, here, here's another benefit. Self-denial grows our empathy for those who have less. I, I don't know if you've ever actually tried fasting. But I'm telling you, there's some power in actually fasting food. Uh, the longest I have ever gone was, was in college, and I, and I went three days. And, and I'm telling you, and three days in, you are, it's, it hurts, man. I'm told that if you get to the fourth day, it gets better. But at three days in, I had a whole new perspective when people talk about people around the world who go to bed hungry, right? We, we, the vast majority of the world, well, yeah, probably, struggles with having enough to eat in all kinds of places. And, and honestly, you can be an American and go from the cradle to the grave and never be more than mildly hungry. You know, time for dinner, that kind of a thing, but not the thing having missed a day or two uh, of meals. And so there's something powerful uh, about that, in, especially for us in the, in the world in which we live, in which we have so much which we have so much. We, we, we just really, really do. And, and, and when I kind of was doing this sermon, I thought, you know, it's really hard to talk about this because, you know, self-denial just isn't a part of who we are. And yet then it dawned on me, because we have so much, self-denial should be more of a part of our spiritual journey because it's, it's, it's good for us, okay? And so here, here's what... Um, I think about this kind of, this piece of it. Fasting is the triumph of the important over the urgent. The important over the urgent. Social media is urgent. The newscast is urgent. Every evening they have a new one, so I gotta find out what happened today, you know? It's urgent. My wife is important. I've told you that when our kids were little, uh, for Lent, we would, um, we would always shut off all the screens, TV, phones, video games, all of that. Uh, and that, that was kind of a trial uh, at first, you know. But, but what we discovered is that we would, again, do our routine, come home, do all that stuff, we'd eat dinner, you know. And then we'd tend to go to a screen of some sort, either sit down and watch TV or play a video game or something like that. And that those first couple days, you kind of sit down and go... You look around, you start talking with each other. Pretty soon my wife's got us playing a board game and talking to each other, doing healthy, emotional, spiritual stuff. Who knew? You know? And, and, and that's, that's, that's the urgent that has a tendency to get in the way of the important. And we live in a world that is filled with urgent. Everything seems like it's immediate now. And, and the really good news about this whole thing is this. The power of self-denial is not in the pain, but in the freedom There was a time in the ancient church where they kind of thought that pain was kind of a a redeemer. If you suffered enough, then that would kind of cure you of stuff. And and, and I will grant you that I have found in my life that pain is a pretty effective teacher for me, right? You know, stop doing that because it hurts. But that's not really the point. The point is the freedom that is created in this. When, when, When you give up social media, when you give up the news, when you give up those other things, it opens the opportunity for real relationships with people. It opens up the opportunity for things like prayer. One of the things that I, again, because I listen to the news, and I'm just kind of talking about my own journey here, is as whenever I'm in the car, I have a tendency to hit the radio and listen to news of, of some sort. I'm an idea guy. I'm not really the music 
kind of guy. And so, so then when this starts up, you know, I, I got the first day or two, I was like, I got to resist the urge to push the button and listen, listen to the news, you know, uh, on that. And then uh, a couple of days into this, I, I was driving up here, and because of the changing traffic patterns, I drive up Highway 9 and then turn in very often. I, I would love to do 83rd, and I used to do Sunnyside, but it's always a mess and all those sorts of things. And as I was driving up, the Lord just kind of checked me. And I, I turned left at Soper so I could come in, I could drive down 83rd. And now I pray for all of the housing developments as I go by up there, right, you know? It, it, the, the power is not in denying myself the news. The power was in giving me the freedom to see where God could work again in my life in a new way, where I could pray for those. They are talking about a 1,000 homes back there, and our church sits right at the corner of all of this. And if there's any place I should pray for, it's those places back there, right? I'm going to try and write down all the names of all of those new developments. I'm going to put them on my prayer list. I'm going to pray for each one of those developments. I would challenge you to do that. I challenge you to pray for the people around your community and around, around your house. For, for whatever you've given up for Lent, make, take a little time out of that and, and pray because the power is not in the self-denial and the pain, but in the freedom. That's where the power is. And this is what I've called the years, for years and years now, deny to intensify. Say, deny to intensify. Yeah, and that's the idea of you deny yourself, not just to deny yourself, you deny yourself so that you can intensify some other area of your life that's more important, that's spiritual. Relationships with people is spiritual. That, that's a, there's only, only, you know, God and people are going to be in heaven. The rest of it's going to burn. And so that's the stuff that, that really matters in, in our lives. And, and now that I've, I've said this a whole lot, some of you are kind of pondering the value of this. You know, I, I'm telling you, you actually already believe this. Deny to intensify. Say it again. Deny. You, you have, many of you have built this into your life and made this a way of life. You're just not aware that fasting is already a, a part of your life. And here's how I know this. I'll bet you if I were to ask how many of you have a savings account or an emergency fund account or a retirement account, you would raise, I bet you just the vast majority of you in some way or another would raise your, raise your hands. You know what that is? Deny to intensify. Because I'm guessing you could think of things to spend that money on. And if not you, your spouse could think of things to spend that money on, right? But, but you put it away so that when things go wrong, you'll have resources to take care of that. You deny the moment so that in the long run, you can be healthier spiritually, you can be healthier financially, right? You, you, many of you have done that in just your life, in your, your education. Nowadays, it's really hard if all you got is high school. You got to either go to college, you got to go to trade school, you got to get an apprentice program, something like that where you have to, to learn and grow. You deny yourself now so that long term you can be better off. You all didn't know you were into fasting, did you? You're all like, oh, I'm, I'm a faster man. I've been saving money and I've been doing, you know, you, you, you get this. You know, some of you go to the gym, okay? You deny yourself the donut and the sit-down coffee so that you can be in better shape, right? Don't come talk to me afterwards. <laughs> but but we, we get this. We get the delayed gratification. So it shouldn't surprise you that the same principle applies in the spiritual realm as well. We deny ourselves gratification in some sort of sense so that we can intensify, so we make room in our lives for important things like God and family 
and friends and things that matter, okay? So Matthew uh, 6, 16 uh, through 19 uh, says this. This is Jesus. He's, he's actually been, this sermon, he's been talking about uh, the Lord's Prayer uh, and those kinds of things. Uh, and so he says this. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head. Aren't you glad we don't take scripture literally all the time? Put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret, I love this, will reward you. You see, in the, the times back then, they would, they, would, they would put literally ash in their hair and all over their face and all over their clothes so that everybody knew how spiritual they are because they're fasting. You ever met somebody that likes to tell you how spiritual they are, you know? Oh, man, does that get old quick. And, and that's what was going on in, in, in this. And, and he says they've had their reward, that people recognize him, that's all the reward that they're going to get. But there is a much bigger, better reward of fasting, and, and it is this. The purpose of fasting is to align our hearts and minds with God. That's a pretty good reward. We talked last week about sinking our minds with the mind of of Christ. And and that's what this is talking about. I I think that's why Jesus fasted through the desert time. Because if there's any time that you need to have your heart and a mind aligned with the God of the universe, it is when you are under deep temptation and attack from the evil one. Amen? And it's, it's an important part. It aligns our hearts. There's something about denial that, that brings back to me that, that my wife is more important than watching the news. You would think I'd get that figured out, right? But there's something about it. There's just something about it. And then self-denial has a way of getting us off of our agenda and onto God's agenda. I, I, this is one of, the, one of the surprises for me as a kid when I was growing up and finally figured this out when it it dawned on me that the purpose of prayer is not to change God's mind but to change my mind to God's okay got real quiet in here let me try that again the purpose of prayer is not to change God's mind the purpose of prayer is to change my mind to God's opinion amen That's at the heart of it. And so it is with self-denial that we begin to get aligned our agenda. What are we going to do with what Christ would have us to do and and, in the focus of our lives? But here's the really good news that you've been waiting through this whole sermon on self-denial for, and that is this. God rewards the fast. Now, he doesn't necessarily give you, you know, riches and all, all, all of those sorts of things. But it's said in the passage that God rewards the fast for those that have done it in, in secret. So God rewards the fast, but fasting isn't you, about getting what you want. It's about, about getting what you need. And those two are sometimes not very close to one another. Have you noticed? You know? You, 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 God just has a way of, of building into this those things that we need. When we fast and practice self-denial, God does something in our heart. He changes us. He, he, he grows us. And, and, and he gives us this reward of making us like him. And that's the greatest reward there is. He opens our eyes to things that are important that we didn't see before. He, he does spiritual things in the, in the lives of others. There's something powerful about self-denial and getting what we need, not what we want. You see, that's what fasting does, is we usually fast something 
that we have this thing, idea that we need. And when you fast it, you discover you don't need it. When you fast caffeine, you discover you don't need it. But when you get up on day three and that headache is raging, you're pretty sure you need caffeine, you know. Another cup of coffee, please. Or, and, and God wants to do a work in self-denial. It's upside-down kingdom in our heart. Um, there is great power in secret self-denial. I'll tell you, some of the greatest rewards Jody and I have had over the years is when we've done things in secret for other people, things that cost us stuff, you know. And, and you all do, lots of you do this, because I know because you come to me because you want to use me as an intermediary, intermediary. You want to give somebody money or do something and say, Pastor, give this to so-and-so, but don't tell them it was for me, right? So then i got to stand there and play 20 questions while they try and get it out of me. Thanks a lot, folks. You know, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm honored. I'm honored. Uh, to do that. But, but you, you caught in this passage that, that the power and the reward came in secret, not, not in making everybody know all about it. God looks and understands our motivations and our hearts. And so this is where it goes. In God's upside-down kingdom, self-denial is the path to spiritual abundance. And that is completely countercultural to the world we live in. In every other aspect of life, hoarding is the way to abundance, right? Save. Don't let anybody else have it. Give out as little as possible. Protect yourself. But in the spiritual realm, it's about self-denial. It's about giving it away. It's about letting God have, have control. It makes no sense at all. But when you follow God's plan, it works. It works. There's spiritual abundance that he wants to do. And so if our musicians would would come. I, I want to challenge you to give something up for Lent. It, it's, it's not too late. It's not too late. I, I, and, and, you know, you, I understand it started, and you, da, 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 da. but I long, I long for you to experience the power of self-denial. This is not popular kind of preaching these days. It's all about God's going to do something for you, and you do this, and you get this from God, the whole vending machine kind of God. But I'm telling you, in an upside-down kingdom, this principle of self-denial doesn't seem like it would work, but it does. It does, it does, it does. We've been practicing this a long time in our lives. And so I, I just want to urge you, give something up for Lent. <laughs> give something up for Lent. Yeah, say it whether you mean it or not. So give something up for Lent. There we go. But we're going to worship the Lord in, in giving. Woohoo! yes. And uh, so uh, we're going to sing in just a minute. And um, I want to encourage those of you who are online, you can give online as well. Uh, you can give either in the app uh, or you can go to our webpage, and there's a place uh, there as well. There's several different ways to do that uh, electronically, and, and you can give electronically here too. I've seen people right during the offering, they kind of whip out their phone and they do this kind of thing, and so that's, that's a great way uh, to do it as well. But we want to joyfully give to the Lord, amen? Because he has given so, so much uh, to us. And so uh, let's worship the Lord in giving. Bring your scars and bring your shame 
Uh, just a reminder to all of you and to those of you who are online, watch our Facebook page. Um, I, I don't cancel services easily, but if it gets completely out of control out of there and or the governor kind of requires it, then we may have to do something different. So just uh, stay tuned in uh, for all of that. But if at all possible, we want to gather as the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Receive now God's benediction. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And all God's people said, Amen. God loves you. I love you. Go and love each other.
anybody's mountain too tall to climb is there anybody's faith field running dry let me tell you his angel has done it for me he can make every mountain he'll throw that mountain into the sea Whatever you want, not my will, but yours, Lord. Let it rain. 